and we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we are hosting tonight, Nate and Thomas, the Paranoid American. What up? That's me. We have Catalyst Jones from the White Rabbit podcast on. Thank you, brother, for joining us. What is up? Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming, man. We've been talking and uh, planning this, and life happens and all kinds of crazy shit. You're back in California. Uh, it looks like your studio's back up and running. I'm glad to see that. Yes, definitely back up and running. Actually, when we originally were talking about doing a show together, I was in Tennessee. So, yeah. And then the move happened, but we're here. We made it happen, and I'm fucking excited to get on here. And it's the first time that we've ever talked. I cannot believe that with all the people that we know that none of us have ever crossed paths. This is insane. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We do swim in the same circles. we got lots of mutual friends. So I'm glad we finally hooked this all up, and we're fucking here. We're making it happen. Me too, man. Yeah. So what do you guys want to jump into? I mean, you were just talking about, uh, you were just talking, Paranoid American, you were just talking about um, some uh, Disney-type things. And I just did a show with Cosmic Peach last night. I don't know when that's going to come out. But uh, the whole thing was we were breaking down animated movies and the satanic and occultic symbolism in, in them. So I chose three movies myself. You're uh, looking no. at the Satanist who put those. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah those sorry about that, but there. also you're welcome. <laughs> yes. So I want to talk to you about that, though. But uh, one of my first animation that I chose is not actually a movie, but it was it was a. Oh, my gosh, I can't I don't have his. Uh, damn it. It was a rabbit. Oswald, the lucky rabbit. Yeah, yeah, the the original OG Disney character that loses its or lost its copyright, right? Yes. So this is who Mickey Mouse fucking hi was hijacked from. If you look up this character, it looks exactly like Mickey Mouse, and Walt Disney was involved with uh, this, and then he separated ties, um, and this was Universal that was putting this out. And then Disney came out and he made the exact same character, just changed it slightly and mm -hmm. called it Mickey Mouse and had more Illuminati ties. So he was able to say, fuck you. I got this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, dude. This I've been doing uh, another podcast called um, I think it's now it's called like the, the cult Disney podcast. I do it with my friend Matt out of Japan and uh, we've been covering like every original disney animation and i think we just got through the 70s um but like yeah dude like like breaking down all of the symbolism in it i've got like a whole fr freaking rant on how disney and how the, the movie fantasia itself is a magical spell and that every time you replay fantasia you're just kind of like reverberating this magical spell like this entire ritual that goes on and that's ritual well that ritual it, it brought disney into reality it created a whole nother dimension on top of our reality that is just this disney reality and i think that the the proof is in the pudding here because disney as just an entity and like a dynasty is going to outlive all of us and all of our kids and all of our grandkids like it's it's gonna have this this huge longevity where it repurposed all these old archetypes and stories and brought them into the modern day and it's going to continue perpetuating them and then it swallowed up superheroes so it disney quite literally owns like all of modern mythology for the last star three wars. centuries star wars they, is a big one too. They, they have an absolute monopoly on nostalgia and mythology just imagine that yes, and space 
and and Fantasia, in my opinion, Fantasia is was a literal magical spell that started that entire thing and and turned it from an idea and just funny little sketches or sigils on paper and turned it into a real reality that like generates money and you know can can kill you. You know what I mean? Like Disney could literally just hire goons and kill you at this point. As and an they entity. have their own fucking country basically in Florida. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. The, the little island that's right off, you know. Right away from a little St. James, right? When are, you, when are they going to take out your fucking governor, dude? He keeps fucking with him. You think they're going to smoke <laughs> his ass? I don't know, dude. It's Florida, so like everyone, we just all smoke bath salts and sit back and watch. <laughs> and then read what the next dumb motherfucker did the next day in the paper, right? Florida man. Uh, two blah, weeks. Blah. In two weeks, you're like, oh, yeah, what did that happen? Oh, yeah, okay. So um, I, I also have a background in animation, but what do you do for Disney? Well, I, I did. I left Disney in like 2016 or something. I worked there for 10 years, but I started as just doing like the the grunt work, the in-betweener work. So like none of the cool keyframe work, just all the in-between stuff and cleanup. And uh, and then I kind of uh, evolved a little bit in my role and I ended up making custom scripts for um, After Effects and Maya and, you know, ended up working a lot with like Cinema 4D and just integrating different tools. And I would make custom pipeline tools. So for like lots and lots of After Effects expression scripts that would take, you know, I mean, I would replace like three different animators that were doing stuff by hand and just write a little scripts to like simulate, you know, things in two and a half dimensional space with an After Effects. And you so know, what's crazy of- is I have a VLLO it's an app on my phone mm. and I've been using after effects for, I mean, as long as it's been out and this app on my phone, I'm able to do everything that I can do in after effects. It, it not as long, but uh, if, if I keep it like under two minutes, I can do anything in that on my phone and it's way easier. It's crazy. It's fucking amazing. Like that's how I do most of the shit that I post on Instagram and shit. My social media is through that because I'm like, fuck, dude, I can do this on my phone while I'm at break at work and shit, you know? And no one cares what you use as long as it looks good. No one's going to care, like, you know, what brand of hammer you use to make something cool, right? So Exactly. Nobody asks what brand of hammer you use to Mm -hmm. build their house. That's right. So, but uh, have you seen Fantasia Live? And what spell are they trying to cast? And I'm not trying to be, like, the host here, but I'm curious. (laughs) Uh, I think I might have seen it, but I might have been very inebriated at the time. So I don't remember a whole lot from the live show other than like, ooh, colors and, you know, maybe like losing a phone or something like that. Uh, but I do. But the, the actual um, spell, it really I mean, it, it begins with discussing the whole Big Bang and showing you how um, form comes out of just pure sound. Right. Like the, the whole movie starts and there's no visual and it's just sound. And then they introduce color and then they introduce very simple shapes uh, and patterns and then they introduce form and then they start introducing, you know, all the way back from amoebas and then it turns into dinosaurs and stuff. But at the the crux of a lot of that, they show Chernabog, which is the translates to the black god, who's this kind of Croatian aspect and Goad wrote about it. And this like this um, this witch's Sabbath night where, you know, he rises up from this top of this mountain. Well, that mountain dates directly back to sort of old you know mesopotamian sumerian slash phoenician kind of beliefs and it all ties up and i i think that that particular uh ritual and that scene and chernobog and the music that goes with it it all directly ties to like one of the most recent and powerful 
I guess, like magical incantations that you could try to evoke. And I think that being right in the middle of Fantasia is kind of like all where all the power comes from. So I really do think that they kind of like tapped into that to create yes. Disney as a reality. That's exactly what I think, you know, because Walt Disney was really close friends with Aleister Crowley. Am I wrong? Or was Walt Disney? Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's Walt Disney look up to Aleister Crowley. I know that they had ties there somewhere because there's like uh, Warner von Braun. Uh, you got Walt Disney, and then you have um, and who was the guy that uh, filmed the moon landing faking? Uh, uh, Kubrick. You got Stanley Kubrick. Uh, you got. Oh wait, I, I'm going way off here. My timelines are fucked up because I'm thinking about James Parsons who created JPL had yeah, Jack, so yeah, Jack Parsons had a direct link to Alistair Crowley for sure. Like that, he was kind of helping launch the, you know, American side of all that. And then Disney had direct ties to Werner von Braun. I mean, he, Disney like single-handedly converted Werner von Braun into a Nazi war criminal, into a children's TV show host that kids looked up to and got inspired by like Disney single-handedly did that aspect of it. And then, Werner von Braun and the Nazis definitely were interested in the occultism of Aleister Crowley. So there, there's definitely like a lot of different threads that all get tugged at when you bring these people up. Exactly right. And then when uh, technology progresses and then you're able to take the beliefs of Aleister Crowley and be like, uh, we can cast these spells. What if we can use the technology and we can broadcast, cast, broadcast, these spells yeah. Yeah, in dude. everyone's house so i mean th this is where i think the my original interest came up in doing motion graphics and animation was that like if they're doing this like i want to be able to cast spells out in public Thomas's like, fucking beard right now yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's turning pointier and pointier <laughs> as we talk here yeah <laughs> But that was kind of it. It was like, you know, if, if that's what all of these big companies are doing, they're taking corporate logos and symbolism and color theory and using it against us. Like, why can't we learn those exact same principles? And like, I want to say use against, but like use it for good, you know, use it to perpetuate different information. That's not just whatever is coming from the top down. So that was like my original inspiration. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Because do you listen to um, Ron from New England? Uh, he has the Wicked Planet podcast, and every once oh in yeah, a while, yeah, absolutely. Every once in a while, he'll have on Anonymous Sean, and the way that Anonymous Sean breaks down everything from a bi a biblical point of view, um, and he even he I think he believes in Q, man. I'm not sure. But he thinks <laughs> like, like as a person, like there's a real Q person. <laughs> no, I think he believes in it as an operation. Okay. Okay. And um, I mean, I could be swayed. It definitely feels like an operation. Well, he talks about uh, an operation that's called devolution. And so, um, but it has Q ties to it. So I'm not sure. Anyways, I used to be a Q tard, so that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Like I, I hope it is still real. I really do. I just don't think it is. <laughs> Um, but, uh, where was it going with this? Okay. Yes. So he, his, his whole idea is, um, with evil in order in biblical ways to defeat evil, you can't do it because you're not able to be evil. So enable to defeat evil is you need to take their weapons and turn them against them. 
And so um, that's exactly what you're saying right here is like we can take all the same tools that they're using to manipulate and brainwash all of the masses and then we can like spread the truth and get it out there. Right. And I think that we can definitely mirror evil because it grabs people's attentions, but we can give a, a better message. It's a good point. If, if you hold up a mirror to show other people the evil, are you like perpetuating evil or are you just, you know, showing everyone here's how it's done and here's what you can do about it. It's just that not everyone necessarily sees the same way. Some, some people see you holding up that mirror and they're like, Oh, you're showing me evil. That makes you evil. And it's, it's a weird sort of dynamic to always be in. So, I mean, that's why I personally like all the comics and the, the creative endeavors I do, they've all got like dick jokes or drug jokes or something in there. Uh, just so that the, those people that get uptight, it's like, yeah, dude, but there was a dick joke on that same page or, you know, like there was boobies on that sticker that you got offended by. So. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I always try to tie in some uh, blue pill dumb shit with my red pill. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys do for your blue pill shit? I still, even though I know it's fake and gay and I'm actually even friends with a professional athlete, um, I still like watch football and I'm, I'm like paying attention to the uh, draft right now. And I've been watching the only because I live in Sacramento, but the Kings are in the playoffs and that's like fucking unheard of. So I'm actually paying attention to that too. What do you guys do for blue pills? Yeah. Nate, what are your crimes, Nate? Uh, fuck, dude. I don't know. I watch sci-fi. I mean, so you watch reality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much to it that I fucking dig. Cause like, I mean, we were talking about who the fuck were we talking to last night? We were talking about stargates. I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really some Mike, Mike. Oh, Mike Rick. Ricksecker. Yeah, he's fucking cool as shit. Uh, I I love fucking Stargate SG One, and there's to me, <laughs> yeah. there's so much in it, dude. There's so much disclosure and all kinds of crazy shit that I catch in that fucking show. Uh, but it's it's blue pilled. I mean, even believing in any of no, that. No, that's but... not blue pilling yourself because while you're watching it, you're dissecting it and you're and you're manipulating in your head what you know and you're in you're taking in these things for fact and then you're discarding what isn't right for for entertainment value so that's not blue pilling man that's research yeah i guess so dude i i don't i don't fucking watch tv normally i'm i'm a fucking weirdo i don't even fucking drink anymore i don't do any drugs uh occasionally <laughs> i'll fucking take a like a fucking serious dose of mushrooms in the woods or something but nice yeah I mean, all the things that Nate no longer does are my blue pills, essentially yeah. heavy media consumption. Although I haven't paid for or like subscribed to any service in over 20 years. Like I've been sailing the high seas for like my entire adult life. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm consuming the media, but I'm not giving any statistics to Nielsen or, you know, views to anyone. I don't I haven't seen a commercial in forever. I go to like a friend's house or my parents house and like see all the commercials and it's like damn like i forgot when it used to take two hours to watch like an hour long you know movie or tv oh, show man. or something i'm so impatient and i don't give a fuck what they say over over at um uh damn it the best podcast on in the universe what is that podcast called <laughs> no idea 
Oh, no agenda. Is NPR. That okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, they call it the best <laughs> podcast in the universe. Anyway, they talk shit on people that listen to podcasts fast. But I have so many podcasts that I love to listen to that I listen to it at 1.75 speed. Oh, yeah, dude. Almost every movie I watch is at like 2x. Uh, as long as I can understand it, I just keep hitting it until I can't understand it and then dial it back one bit. Yeah, but you're gonna if, if movies is different because you're gonna miss a lot of visual symbolism. I'm okay with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, a lot of it is just like rewatching like dumb, dumb shit. Like, uh, what was I? I rewatched the entire season of Weird Science from the '90s uh, recently, and There's like sliders and. Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. The, oh the... man, you have no idea how many times I fucking jerked off to Elizabeth Hurley <laughs> from that fucking movie. <laughs> like she was my everything when i was growing up and is that elizabeth hurley wait uh no it wasn't elizabeth hurley but uh oh god that it was a different actress in the tv show versus the movie though it, the movie was kelly lebrock kelly and, LeBrock. Uh, but if you look her up now oh my gosh don't look her up because it'll ruin your childhood she a gross pig or what it's disgusting yes <laughs> it is disgusting you will oh my god people age yeah but i mean just the principle alone though no it's not that because people age plus people get fucking shit done to them and it makes Uh, it even worse you know what i don't have to disclose at what point in time the deed took place though so you could just be like yeah dude weird science yeah i was there you know what i mean (laughs) but you don't gotta say that it was in 2022 (laughs) actually but you know what i i had a crush on the blonde girl for the longest time with the like crimped wavy hair uh, the one that got fucking hit in the face with, <laughs> with the butt of a, a shotgun. Do you remember that? You, you so have long, to elaborate dude. more. I'm, you've got my. They're laying in bed, and the and the asshole fucking brother with a flat top comes in, and Chet. His name was Chet. Yeah, and he's like. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? And he like <laughs> fucking takes his shotgun with the with the ass end of it and fucking hits or no it was with the barrel and he fucking taps it on their forehead <laughs> Dude, the, the 90s uh media was wild you go back and watch some of it there was like there was a i was watching um uh news radio i think the one that had joe rogan is like the electrician mm-hmm. and uh dan hartman um you know or phil hartman sorry r.i.p yeah. he makes like non-stop jokes about trying to go out and buy like a rifle that has a mouthpiece on it like all these like very specific <laughs> and highly offensive you know jokes and not not to repeat like the the tired like oh they couldn't make that today but it's just like going back and seeing how prevalent and just how like off the cuff all of that stuff was compared to now like even i i'm like oh did he really just say that whereas you know when it was airing in like the late 90s early 2000s you would hear it and not even give it like more than one thought Man, people talk about how David Chappelle is a clone, but if you look back on that TV show, that's not the same Joe Rogan. Am I wrong? I mean, it looks like a totally different dude, but that was also before he started eating like three horses a day or whatever the fuck his diet is. <laughs> it's three elks a day, I think. Yeah, sorry, yeah. With his bare hands, right? He rips the, he rips the carcass open and just goes right for the heart. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's like four foot eight, and he's like considered the most manly man there is but i wouldn't fuck with him dude i'm sure he's got the the stamina that even if even if he wasn't like the strongest dude he seems like he could outlast a lot of other people 
Uh, yeah, and um, he looks like the strongest fucking dude. He's stocky as fuck, and he knows his MMA. So, no, there's no way I'm going to tangle with that guy. I, I got to give props here because if I had the resources and money and just, like, the, the, the fuck you money status, I don't think I would still be, like, pushing myself to the limits every day and, like, going through all of this, uh, like, inconvenience. And, you know what I mean? I don't know. I would just be, like, floating on a fucking island somewhere. Well, maybe it's because he's been to these Hollywood parties and he's seen all this satanic shit and he knows how valuable his fucking body is. So maybe he is because there's no way that he is on the stage as big as he is without uh, playing along somehow. I know that. Mm. But I also feel like he is reserved enough to have some sort of values where he's not going to cross a line publicly and I feel like he truly knows what humans are. And even though he can't talk about it, he's taking care of himself. I like Joe Rogan, but dude, I mean, when I think of like controlled opposition, so many times, dude, I've heard Joe Rogan like, like toe the line so much. And I know, dude, he's had enough decent guests on that I like, I know that he knows the fucking truth. And then he'll fuck off and he'll jump this way again. He'll go super blue pilled. He'll talk about fucking outer space. He'll talk about all this other bullshit. And I'm like, you are full of fucking shit. Yeah. Well, I was actually, Joe Rogan. I was actually just talking to Sam Tripley about this shit because uh, uh, it kind of pissed me off. And am I frozen right now? No, you're good. No. Oh, okay. So it kind of pissed me off because I was thinking about these uh, people like Joe Rogan and I was telling Sam, I was like, the reason I even started my show and even found you was because I was listening to Joe Rogan and I'm like, damn it, dude, he won't go hard. Like he, he like has these people on, but he won't go hard. And even when he has Eddie on, he's like, I'm not going to get into a flat earth conversation with you, Eddie. It's not going to happen. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Okay, I'm starting a podcast then. Well, a good example is when he had the Twitter CEO uh, on, right? And then people were like so disappointed with just nothing of substance coming out of the first one. He kind of like redid it and brought Tim Pool on and had Tim Pool act as the guy that, you know, asked all the questions just because of that exact criticism. So I think that there's definitely... Well, I don't trust Tim Pool either. Well, I'm not not saying you should, but I'm just saying that this this is a, a perfect example of like him knowing that he's towing the line and then getting called out on it and then trying to correct, you know, just at least the perception of towing the line. But I think that the, the reason is that he toes the line is also that, that you realize in order to have that huge audience base and be able to talk to the type of people that may or may not still come onto his show, like you got to toe the line. You can't come out of the gate swinging, but I, I, I like the subcontext because there's no one else that seems to go into the same topics that he does with the type of people that he does yeah i get that to a point i joe rogan (laughs) joe rogan fucking bores me dude i can't even watch a show anymore i don't listen i don't listen to it anymore stupid fucking guests on now he either has some like cia analyst on or some faggot that wants to talk about bow hunting and i'm just like (laughs) i don't give a fuck like even the last time that he had sam on like when sam was like hitting on some important shit Joe and Rogan would, would totally it. derail it. Yeah, dismiss it, and then, like, shoot off this way. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, Yeah, that pissed me off. I don't listen to Sam's show anymore. Um, but when I only listen to it when he has on guests that I like, 
that I already know them and I'm going to see like what they're going to say, what they're willing to say. But what I want to say is like, for all we know, if he brings up the wrong questions and shit comes out, like his fucking wife and child could be at danger. And you know, like for all we know, we have no idea. Yeah. As much as I'm talking shit right now, there's nobody with a gun to my head. And Joe Rogan is so fucking huge that he can literally change the course of like American fucking. Exactly. Like he says one thing and like people, he can if fucking you, shit. If you think there's not threats on his family, then you're fucking mistaken. So I think that he has to toe the line, but I think that he really wants to put out as much truth as he can. I mean, he brought Eddie Bravo to the light. It like it more than anybody else. And it, you know, I like Sam's show more than I like Eddie's show, but Eddie's show is fucking killing it right now. And he, he, nobody would know who Eddie Bravo was, even in the UFC world. Uh, uh, like, that's a small following, right? Is from when he was back then, because he wasn't in it like when it was huge. He wasn't, he wasn't a huge name in the game. And Joe Rogan kind of, shined a spotlight on him so now it's like i can't say these things but this guy can yeah that's kind of true yeah that's kind of that's kind of true yeah it's and, interesting man and, and same thing with sam tripley like i didn't like how he skipped over uh a lot of things and dismissed a lot of things that sam said but at the same time uh that was probably very hard for him to agree to have Sam come on a show because he knew how many fucking eyeballs would jump over to Sam's show after that. And he's like, fuck dude, am I to am I am I putting my family at risk just by having Sam Tripley on my show? Maybe. Could be. So I don't know. I, I mean, and this is just this is just fucking speculation, man. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying that there are fucking crosshairs on him and his family, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I, I personally see it as a net positive, even if, you know, he's a if Joe Rogan's a plant for all the reasons that people have ever claimed, he still provides a platform to ideas that nobody else is even willing to come close to giving a massive platform for like, you can upload your show to Rockfan or you can put your little show on, you know, YouTube or whatever. But it's that dude with a spotlight that can put that spotlight on you. And now all of a sudden you have a real audience. Um, I gotta that say, doesn't happen very often. That as much as Joe Rogan currently bores me just because it's he just has the same people on. He was my first giant fucking red pill. You know what I mean? And I think for so many people exactly what, what was what was the red pill? Him having on like uh like people like Dave Smith, him having on like politically, not like uh for me, because I used to be a fucking lefty. So listening to Joe Rogan, he was enough of a lefty where he didn't like piss me off too much. Didn't he vote for a Democrat? <laughs> I actually no, he actually voted for Gary Johnson. He voted Libertarian, but he would have voted or like I don't know. He was like a Bernie Sanders dude. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. but I guess Bernie, you know, he got taken out of the kneecaps. So no. well. So guys... I mean, I will say that he does he does provide a platform for people that normally won't get fucking any airtime. So occasionally he'll have some fucking interesting people on there. So I don't yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he he does have some value. I've just like, I'm way the fuck over here now in my own goddamn like 
echo chamber and weird world and i want to hear about like well he he's the gate like he's like the door that most like a normie would come through right most normies yeah, yeah, that exactly. find their way down these weird rabbit hole niche conspiracy pods they probably came through the rogan you know tunnel at some point exactly so i mean there is value there i still like joe rogan i will listen to him if he has someone interesting on so that means maybe i listen to him like once every six months <laughs> Yeah, if I have Tim Dillon on there or something like that. I'll fucking I'll I'll be listening to that episode. Yeah, I would say the same. When he had Peter McCullough on, I listened to that. When he had, if he's gonna have on Alex Jones or Eddie, I'm gonna listen to that. Obviously, I listened to the Sam Shipley episode, but yeah, like I said, it has to be somebody that I like. And but at I this mean, point, Alex Jones bores me. Uh, why is that? Uh, and did you guys ever see that meme that I made? And it's Alex Jones, and he was holding up a sign, and I erased what the sign says, and it says, "Do you ever wonder why I'm still alive?" <laughs> well, dude, I made a meme last night, and I haven't posted it, <laughs> and I should, baby. Is it that There's... spicy? It's not that spicy. It's the one I sent you last night, Thomas. Oh, I don't. I mean, I maybe maybe I just don't have my spice radar on, but yeah, or maybe I could just handle way more Scoville units. But I, I do, uh, man, I I remember finding out about Alex Jones on public access in Texas when I joined the military in the early 2000s. And uh, it was it was right after uh, 9-11 had happened. But I but I saw his police state videos before 9-11 even. Um, and I remember that he had like such a more serious persona to it. And then at a certain point he kind of went on this whole, like, first he, he did, like, a born-again thing, and then he turned into, like, the ultimate warrior. Um, but I, I honestly loved <laughs> wrestling, and I loved the ultimate, the ultimate warrior. warrior huh? He I, was like, he must have been a huge wrestling fan. That's right, dude. He did take on a wrestling persona, for sure. He, there, was, there was, like, a, a very specific... I was talking about this with Nate on, like, After Hours, after some show the other night. But I re I remember specifically because he had like a daily show essentially, and I would I would watch it all the time because uh, it just happened to be on while I was like getting ready for work uh, when I worked like night shift. And he mentioned how he turned born again because he was so constantly seeing all these like satanic occult references by you know the quote unquote elites and the Illuminati and you know so on that he just felt that if they believe so much in evil, then it has to be something to it. So then he was going to dedicate himself to kind of being like a christian and like follow the white light or whatever but it was it was a transition the same way that like donald trump almost was like he went from just loving money to loving god too you know when he goes to, to right. get like elected but i feel like jones sort of like did a little bit of that transition and it might not have given him the boost that he wanted and then he was like oh and by the way too hell yeah brother and like you know put on the, the war paint and uh started getting himself into tv and movies and just like developing you know, the gay frog persona. Um, but I mean, honestly, I like all three of those uh, eras. I miss the very, I miss the original one because I came in contact with Alex Jones in the, again, in the early 2000s. He came to SeaWorld in, in San Antonio and he got arrested for protesting that they were doing like biometric thumbprints in sort of like, um, instead of like a little bracelet that you would like, you know, the little the annoying sticker things that rip your arm hair out. Right, instead of I doing that, it. you'd put like your thumb down and he was like, no one's doing this. This is the mark of the beast, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, I like I like the cut of this guy's gym, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, how do you even respond to something like that? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man, I could totally see him doing that. Like, exactly. Like, you guys are taking everybody's fucking thumbprint and you're putting yeah, it in a database and we know what the fuck you're doing with it and you're making the fucking frogs gay. And there's like six-year-olds that are like, Mom, I'm scared. Can we still see the dolphins? You know what I mean? And he's like holding up the line. So I think uh, like a similar analogy to how even if you don't like Rogan specifically or like his thoughts, the platform that he gives people. Well, this again, this was a dude that was advocating for not giving your thumbprints to the to the new world order in front of these children at SeaWorld and then getting arrested for it. And then he went and did the same thing at the DMV too because they were trying to do something similar. And it's just like I just the fact that normies are hearing and seeing someone passionate about this. I don't even care if they're a plant, even if it's an agent provocateur, like the agent provocateur still has to at least like uh kind of like reverberate the fact that people are not happy with the official story. So there's like always a little, you know, even if someone poisons your pudding, you still get a little bit of that pudding. You know, yeah, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So, but what do you guys, what do you guys think about him? Because it's kind of funny. It's like really weird if you sneak into the Bohemian Grove and put it out for everyone to see, and you live to talk about it. And not only do you live to talk about it, but you have like the mothership of all conspiracy fucking channels. I mean, if you think he actually fucking snuck in there and they didn't leave, let him in, they I didn't think know so. that he was in there. I think so. You think they let him in, Thomas? No, I don't think they let him in. I think you that think they, he, he might have legitimately in snuck in. Yeah, I, I do. Because I honestly think that at the time that they, he did it, it's still just a bunch of old dudes that weren't necessarily up to date on technology in the late 90s. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't surprise me that him and Ron Johnson snuck in through like going up through this like water route. And then had some camcorders on them. Like it was very low budget because even when they show the footage, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm the idiot, but I really do feel that footage was real because Time Magazine, Life Magazine had done exposés on Bohemian Grove before too. It's just that uh, the the photos in the magazines, they were way more whitewashed because you've got freaking a Henry Luce organization, which is Skull and Bone Century Club. Of course, they're going to filter some of that that spicier stuff. But I mean, I've got a whole bookshelf full of legit Bohemian Grove artifacts and like their own annals and, you know, records that like they absolutely do the exact sacrifice and ceremony that Alex Jones showed on that little clip. So, and so I, and I, I have a, I have a theory though. I have a theory that they wanted this to get out and that they, it, that Alex Jones could possibly be a part of it, which is why he's a fucking drunk because he's not happy with his role and what's going on. But um, like a Kubrick I, angle, like the like uh, you know he he feels bad that he helped pull the wool over the eyes on the the public, right? Exactly right. And I feel like uh, that he was he was supposed to leak what he did. He was placed to do that so that it could create this divide that we have right now because there's been so many things that have taken place that needed to take place in order to have this separation that we have. And I'm going to say like the biggest part of it was Obama because nobody even knew that racism was a thing anymore until Obama was president. And, and then after that they installed Trump and they installed Trump because he was going to be the one that was speaking on everything that we all wanted a fucking somebody in power to say and uh, we actually he's like we're like fuck yes he's saying exactly what we want to say but then the media and everybody else uh 
points him out as a fucking racist and everybody that believes the media and everything. Now we have a complete fucking split right down the middle and America is more divided than it has ever been. And I think that Alex Jones was one of those original seeds that planted that in order to get this rolling. I, I think I could agree with you on that, except I don't I don't think that necessarily Alex Jones was brought into the folds because like the most typical way that the CIA operates is that they just they watch from afar and they're like, man, that guy's a fucking dumpster fire. Let's pour some let's pour some fucking gasoline on that dumpster fire. And I think that that's more about like the role that he probably played. I doubt that someone showed up to his door and was like, here's a contract. Here's a briefcase full of oh, money. Here's I don't a blank think he check. knows the role that he played. Absolutely not. I don't think he does. But so I, I think but, that a but lot I also of people think, are like that. I think well, a I, lot of people are in positions and they, they're being fed what they're supposed to being fed because we accept the reality that's presented to us. And they think that they're doing the right fucking thing, but they're actually playing a role, not even fucking knowing. So, it. so I would argue that's the bigger problem is that people would watch that on TV or hear the radio show and then just take it for verbatim. The same way that people watch reality TV or they watch a movie and be like, oh, that's my life. You know what I mean? That's those are my emotions. That's how I would feel in that situation. And it's like, no, it's not. This this is something that's being shown to you and carefully orchestrated, and it was rewritten by a you know team full of writers and then producers and editors, and it's oh, so manufactured. I mean, I, I worked on reality TV shows, and I know how much goes into the editing and just changing reality itself. But then people watch it and they they pattern their own behaviors off of the dumb shit that they see. On not just in reality show, but just regular old fictional shows. They'll like adopt the personalities and the emotions and like the frustrations of certain characters and then bring those into their real lives. And as long as you got weirdos that are as doing a teenager, that, I was watching CKY a ton with Bam Margera. And, and it's, it's like I osmosis, bro. You, yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> well, an even better one, right? This is my favorite example. But like when, when I was like six or seven and I went and saw the three ninjas, right? Or if you went and saw Surf Ninjas or any ninja movie, like I was a motherfucking ninja for the next like five days or ten days or until I hurt myself or hurt someone else or broke something. And then it's like, you're not a ninja. You're grounded. You know what I mean? But, but oh, until that happened, dude, you're a ninja. Me. You guys might be younger than me, but I fell into that as well. But I did it with Karate Kid. So, and I didn't want to be uh, the fucking good guy. I wanted to be Johnny. I wanted yeah. to be the blonde haired fucking badass that wore the fucking black gi. Well, he was the good guy in retrospect, right? Like uh, Dan Daniel was the bully the whole time. Exactly. So, you guys have both seen that video of the perception. Didn't actually the Netflix series steal that and use that to start their show yeah i wouldn't even say steal i would just say that like it was the ultimate fan homage and originally it was a youtube original like the very first season was a youtube show and that's what they tried doing like red uh youtube red and you know youtube premium and stuff oh, yeah it was it, it was a great like series the original actors and shit did it have uh... oh yeah you know it has everyone in it yeah it's got the original Johnny. It's got the original Daniel. It's got the original girl love interest that shows up for like a few cameos. Really? And this is totally separate from the Netflix series? No, the Netflix ended up adopting it. So it started out on YouTube. But if you go and watch it on Netflix, if you can find the first season, it's that first season that was on YouTube originally. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because that first season of Cobra Kai, I was like, I was so nostalgic watching that shit. I was like, fuck yes, man. You have no idea how many times I dressed up in the same fucking black Cobra Kai gi on <laughs> Halloween and went and got candy. <laughs> so I would consider that part of like, blue. Uh, I would just call blue pill or just like your vices. Like that's some like media consumption where I fully embraced the nostalgia and the same thing with like, he-man or something like i know that it was a cartoon that was made first as a commercial to sell commercialized plastic toxic crap from china and put it in my hands and then they built a story around that and that's almost like every other show that i grew up with but i still have those feelings of nostalgia and i don't feel bad for them and i don't try to purify them away from me i kind of like embrace that programming the same way that we were saying before like using the tools against the system like my example of that now is like making AI versions of this, but making He-Man talk about Adrenochrome or something and then putting that back out there. So now I can tap into your nostalgia, but inject Adrenochrome instead of, you know, selling you some stupid sneaker like a Toyota. Yeah, it was Pokemon for me, dude. I was such a fucking faggot nerd. And I love <laughs> that Pokemon is pretty, cards. That's pretty gay. <laughs> dude, I had stacks of Pokemon cards. I could enough that I could have retired if I hadn't given them away. So if I was your age, I probably would have been in the Pokemon era, but it was Pogs for me. Yeah, same here. I, I turned 40 this I year. I don't know how old you are. Pogs. I'm 42. I, okay, so I, I've got Nate by what, like oh, almost wait, a decade. Oh, wait, it's 2003. I'm 43. See, I have to do my math to see how so you got you got three years on me, but we probably grew up around the same era. Yeah, so it was Pogs and Slammers, and then um, I was also super into Transformers. So when the movies came out, Actually, I was kind of pissed off when the movies came out because I across my back, I have in graffiti writing Decepticon written on my back. A tattoo, you mean? A tattoo. Yeah, I was like really proud of that tattoo. And then Transformers movie came out and I was like, fuck, it's going to be popular again. Like I got this because it was like, (laughs) yeah, but now you're just like what it was. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that kind of backfired, but. I think everything comes back into role because they can't um, actually think of anything on their own. So they just keep like recycling the same shit over and over. Oh, dude, this is so this is one of my other favorite topics is that how little um, like the, the, the business moguls and the, and the political sort of leaders, I think that they just very much excel in left brain thinking, but maybe not as much in certain types of right brain thinking, like like the truly sort of abstract creative artistic and they i mean you could call like some of the horrible things they do financially is like art but um at the same time i don't think they have the same kind of like thought process but what they like to attach themselves to it and convince themselves they're part of it but this shows up like the sinking of the titanic is a good one there was a book called um i think it was called futility or something i might have that a little bit wrong but that was like the original story of the titanic and then that exact thing happens, you know, this huge sister ship that's out sailing hits an iceberg and it sinks and like all these rich people on board die. And then like that thing happens. And then you've got all of these other scenarios um, that, that are proposed. And then the actual scenario happens. And I, and all this predictive programming, I honestly just think that it's a lack of creativity. So they'll see something in a movie and be like, Hey, let's make that actually happen. And then just kind of like, you know, hire the people to do that thing or, you know, I, I really think that that's how a lot of these like the predictive programming is more of a lack of creativity and someone just saying like, hey, 1984, that's a cool piece of fiction. Let's just make that a reality. Just take that as the blueprint. We don't have to think about it. It's been done for you. 
I agree. I do think that they tell us um, predictive programming, though. I, I absolutely do think that. But with what you're saying is they just steal shit. Like, look at that. Have you guys seen that Netflix series? Um, uh, I'm sure you've heard somebody's brought it up on your show. They've had to have uh, inside job. Yes, maybe. So it's because a it's, it's the animated series, right? Yes, it's an. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Series. Yes. So basically, what these motherfuckers did is they looked at my fucking Instagram, your Instagram, all these motherfuckers' media pages, and seeing what we were talking about, and they just made a fucking show about it. Well, it's fucking genius, dude. The one that I really like is that one with fucking Mike Myers on Netflix. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, a uh, pen Penavariate. Or Pentaverit. Uh, Pentaverit. Dude, yeah. that fucking show is so goddamn good. Catalyst, have you watched that yet? No, I'm writing it down right now. Dude, yeah, Pentaverit, it's good. You're going to thank me later. You're going to call me. You're going to be like, holy goddamn shit. That was it's, the best thing. It's, it's Austin so Powers tries to find Adrenochrome. That's like basically the mm-hmm. plot line. Shut the fuck up. That it's is awesome. The best. And, so and also before those, there was a minority team that was on Adult Swim for a while, uh, maybe like a season or two. And like that was all about this huge Illuminati pyramid bad guy that would try to like just instill racism and just like do the most typical things out into the world. But uh, that one didn't get as much traction. I don't think that was the early 2000s. Man, what was that one called? I'm going to watch. That My, one too. It was called Minora Team. Minora Team. So, yeah. It was uh, all minorities. <laughs> like they were fighting back against and they were all like super woke. <laughs> oh shit. Am I gonna like this? Am I gonna, no, no, it's, gonna it was, like it's... two guys kissing within the first five minutes? No, no, I mean, like, fuck this. I no, I think it was a, a parody of the time. It was very much at the peak of like Aqua Teen Hunger Force um sort of times of Adult Swim and William Street. Okay. So have you guys so to speak of adult swim and shit, um, are you guys fans of Rick and Morty? Um mm-hmm. I'm not personally, but uh a lot yeah. of people in this community are. I enjoy it. It's it's fucking entertaining. So have you guys seen the very first animation that he had made where a guy sneaks oh, yeah. in through a fucking window and molests a little kid sleeping? Well, the, the whole the I whole series, well, the, the series was based on the doc from Back to the Future, um, basically like molesting uh, Michael J. Fox or whatever Michael J. Fox's character was. I can't remember that's his name off the top of my head. Funny because that's exactly Marty McFly. What it like, well, that that's that was the original plot of the very first Rick and Morty pilot. Was uh, you know, oh my god, I had no idea. Marty Rick McFly. and Morty why? is based off of fucking Marty McFly. <laughs> that's why it's that's Doc. why more that's why it's Morty and Marty. That's exactly why it's called. What that. the fuck, you just blew my mind, yeah, dude. That, <laughs> that, I had no fucking idea. That is crazy, yeah, and, and that's why it's so surprising too. Because there's like Rick and Morty McDonald's toys, right? Like, there's legitimately children's toys. And Szechuan sauce. That was a, a Rick and Morty specific, and this is based on a cartoon about an old dude molesting a child. Like that's, and I'm not even like making that sound crazier than it is. That's the no, it is. I actually pilot. watched it, and yeah. I was like, "Holy fuck, are you kidding me? I will never watch Rick and Morty ever again." <laughs> I mean, I don't let it ruin it for me. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of hilarious actually that that that's in the mainstream now and that was the origins of it because that's that's sort of a conspiracy theorist lore right someone's gonna say that in 50 years from now hey did you hear that 
Rick and Morty was actually bait and people would be like, dude, don't listen to that fucking idiot. You know what I mean? He he's always saying crazy shit like that, but it's like the legitimate truth. Yeah, it is actually. And maybe I should watch that show because if they were showing what they fucking are about right off the bat, then maybe I should show what they're trying to project is going to happen. I don't think yeah, it's dude. necessarily like a genius show, but I, I definitely uh, don't hate it. Hey, man, how many people do you know in the 90s said that The Simpsons was a, a genius show? None. Exactly. And right now, what are we doing? We're like, holy fuck, they predicted everything. Well, I think that's just because they had the inside knowledge. Uh, the Harry Shearer, the guy that does uh, Burns and, a hun- and you know hundreds of other voices on that show, He's in the actual Bohemian Grove. We were talking about Alex Jones breaking in. Well, um, Harry Shearer made a movie called The Teddy Bear's Picnic or something like that. That was making fun of Alex Jones for breaking into the Bohemian Grove and spying on him. Um, so, so that might even actually add a little bit of credit to like he was a plant or that, you know, he was like allowed to do it for bigger purposes because... You know, if you're making a movie about a guy that snuck into your private club, it's like, how secret was it? True. And, uh, well, uh, do you guys, I, I mentioned earlier, um, fucking No Agenda and John C. Dvorak has been to the Bohemian Grove. And it's like, I got to take everything he says with a grain of salt because I'm like, yo, this guy used to go to the Bohemian Grove. Well, the other dude was a fucking dude on MTV. You have to, you have to, like, don't let people choose your heroes for you. Like, I like the guys from No Agenda. I listen to the show occasionally. But do I trust everything they say? No. Yeah, I don't even like to trust my own eyes and ears. So, like, someone else talking about what they saw or heard, it's like trusting, you know, like a, like a eighth-generation VHS tape you found in, like, the bottom of a freaking storage locker as truth. Well, how how much do you trust your eyes and ears right now anyway too because i was talking with ben from um from a legit bat podcast and he was saying i'm not going to trust anything unless i see it with my own eyes and I'm, i think that's a horrible mentality i think that you can trust like, your eyes well, even a, less i was like well what about project Bluebeam then yeah dude well not just Bluebeam, but what if someone like slips uh like a not just a psychedelic, but some like a type of psychedelic that they might have more control over. If someone could tweak, you know, LSD and so that it would isolate just a very specific subjective, um, you know, feel of it. Like if they could just alter your visual perception in a very specific way, if there was some kind of control for that, or just like if they had like a, a frequency that they could uh, beam at you, um, kind of like voice the skull technology, right? The idea is that they've got a satellite somewhere and it can hit your the top of your skull the same way that you've got those modern sort of like sound bars that don't emit sound themselves it's when they bounce off the wall it kind of turns the wall into a speaker well like if that exists then can you trust that you're hearing voices uh even if it's real and if they can do that can they trigger your optic nerve and make you see certain things yeah i mean and we can bring this to another movie which is um pure genius with uh val kilmer uh And uh, they ended up making this guy. What did they do? They somehow implanted a speaker into him and they were talking through the microphone and making him think that it was God so that he would do all these things. Do you remember that? It's more predictive programming or just someone that saw 
the actual technology that was being worked on and it you know it's it snuck itself out into hollywood or even more often than that again like these these military these politicians they are so sort of starved to feel creative and get their name out there they might be like hey hey buddy hey uh, movie director or writer that i know let me tell you these cool stories and then when that movie comes out they can be like you know i, I leaked that or that was my story and they feel they feel like there's this like creative spirit that they somehow put out there i feel like they're gonna need a, a um an implant for that though i don't think that they're gonna be able to do that without some sort of a microchip maybe that microchip doing it right now dude voice to skull technology maybe that microchip existed in the vaccine i don't know but what's the voice to skull technology Dude, they blast sound waves right into your fucking head. They were doing they were doing this as far back as Guantanamo Bay. They were doing this to guys that they were interrogating. They were saying, "This is Allah. Tell these men everything that you know. I command you. I am God." And they were like, "Okay," and they're spilling the beans and shit. Like, like oh, they shit. have this shit. Yeah, they can do this shit right now. Right, but it's not they can coming start from whispering in ear right now. Catalyst. It's not coming from Satellites. Like, like, I know you're gay, Catalyst. Just admit it. Suck a big, <laughs> drink a Bud Light and suck a big dick. <laughs> oh, I'm a closet homosexual meth addict, dude. You guys have not heard about this. I am a total closet homosexual <laughs> meth addict. No, but uh, I don't think... It's, anymore, buddy. <laughs> I don't think that it's coming from satellites. I think... Uh, I don't believe in satellites, right? Like, we're seeing satellites. We'll take your pick. Cell tower, whatever. I believe in satellites. That, that there are satellites. But I don't believe in outer space. Right? They're like in our... I think they're in our, I mean, they're probably floating on balloons too. How many, how many people, how many people wear these things, right? All the time. Like I do. Um, You don't? No, I won't wear Bluetooth headphones. Uh, I feel like it's just fucking too much radiation, like blasting, like from this one to this one. I totally get it. I will only, I will only wear one at a time. And I know that's fucking me up as well too. Like I even know that carrying my cell phone in my back pocket is fucking up my equilibrium. I know that, but um, I bought these actually, these skull candies, and I was going to uh, use these while I do my podcast, and they're they're wireless. And every time I put them on and I connect it, I fucking it's like, what the fuck is happening to me? And I can't even fucking focus on anything and i feel like disoriented and shit they gave you the prototypes on accident dude the shit's crazy i won't fuck with those i won't even sell them i just keep them there on display like don't fuck with that i mean there's there's a very real here in, in florida we have all kinds of lightning stores very often but also like the hurricanes come through but it's not too atypical to get like a power outage um like it like it doesn't surprise me it happens often enough just from weather issues and every time that happens where you know i'm I'm around where like even if the tv's not on or anything just electricity going through the walls and powering the little power supplies and all all the little hums and the little whistles from electronics going on and then the second there's like that huge crack of lightning and everything just turns off and it's just like black and silence but there's also this weird feeling of like you know, like almost relaxation or that all of a sudden everything just got like really calm and there's not like all of this thing, like things demanding your attention and lights blinking and, you know, little things going on. But they're like little micro stressors. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you're not picking it up, but like your body is still picking it up. And it's it's having to actively like 
say, okay, there's this thing out here, but it doesn't seem important enough to let the rest of the body know. So it kind of filters all that stuff out. But yeah, just like you're saying, like all the all that filtering is putting a little bit of stress on you. And the second you take all of that like electromagnetic and frequencies and wireless signals and it just drops, it's a weird thing because I, I think that if it happened gradually, you wouldn't notice it. But when it's just like everything's blasting you with all of these frequencies and then bam, power goes out completely you just feel this immediate shift and it's it's like a, an uplifting like it's like oh i'm gonna go and like write a book and and run a mile and like be nice to my neighbor and call my mom and you know what i mean <laughs> yeah dude fuck yeah there's this place that i like to go it's called highlands and it's highlands lake and it's out in the middle of nowhere and so you have to drive down this highway that the, the highway itself is isolated and then you turn off onto a dirt road and you drive down this dirt road for miles and miles and it's up high altitude mountains. And when you get out there, man, it is just the most surreal, just like this is what was meant to be. And you don't get any of that. And it's just amazing just to be out there. It only takes one day to just, man, ground yourself mm -hmm. and, and totally feel like none of that, fucking shit matters that i was so worried about like and it, it's a gravity and i hate to use the word gravity because it's a theory and i don't believe in it but um it's a gravity that hits you where when you're out there with mother nature and there's not all these distractions especially with these electronic micro microwaves basically going through our body all the time the connection that you feel with the universe is so fucking incredible that it's, it's indescribable. Yeah. And then cocaine bear shows up, <laughs> man. I need to watch that. I've, I've heard it's actually really funny. It's just the title. Exactly. Like just imagine what you think the movie might be about. And then you're right. <laughs> right. Like, uh, what was the other one? Like snakes on a plane or fucking sharknado. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just you know sounds, what you're getting into you know exactly what you're getting into slapstick, yeah, it, slapstick comedy that's gonna be fucking amazing it, it doesn't turn into like a student art film at any point i can dig that kind of shit like i like dumb shit like the last movie that i went and saw in theaters was violent night it was exactly oh, what i knew it was it, gonna be it's in my top fantastic. 10 of all time it's that is easy dude the mythology of santa actually being like a slayer um and like a like a Viking warrior. I I love that whole backstory, man. Is it Violet Night with a K? No, but Violet like Night Silent like Silent Night. Night. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's it was... a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. All right, I gotta check that that shit out. Have you guys seen um? Have you guys seen fucking Abraham Lincoln the zombie or not zombie vampire hunter? I've heard about it? It's actually really fucking good. <laughs> So, I mean, again, those are the, the movies that you can't expect that you're going to walk away with, like, some deeper insight. I'm sure people out there decode them all the time and find hidden mystical symbolism and stuff. But you can also just turn your brain off and just, like, zombies. Dude, it is yeah, great. I, can dig it. I need it's that. My great. brain won't shut the fuck up. So, like, I really dig just stupid movies. What were those fucking movies with... Uh, who's the blonde, uh, bald British guy? You know who I'm talking about that's in every action film ever. Oh yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking Jason about. Jason Statham. Yeah, yes, Jason that's Statham. His name. Where where mm. he had like a, they like removed his heart and they had to like he had to like jack himself with a bunch of electricity. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like 
Yeah, yeah, I'm blanking the Chinese, on the name. The mm-hmm. Chinese triad the, stole his heart, and he had to go and get it crank. back. Crank. It was crank. crank. Dude, those fucking movies are the best. They make no fucking sense. That like you don't have to follow the plot. You just like he's just like he's like having sex. He's like like sticking like he took yeah, like, an electrical line and like shoved it in him and like th- things that would kill a normal person, but it's Jason Statham. So he's like, it's the best, dude. I love that dumb shit. I can just kind of turn off and watch it. Dude, I have a fun. I have a fun like uh, tie to that movie because. Um, I grew up with a friend and his dad was in visual effects for movies and spent the night one night and he was like, had all these spikes and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yo, what are those fucking spikes? And he was like, oh, that was from the movie Mortal Kombat. My dad did the graphics for that movie and special effects and shit. And I was and, and I was like, yo, can I have one of those? And he gave me one of them. So at the end of the movie, when Shang Tsung falls on the fucking spikes, like I have one of those spikes with like the fake blood on it and everything. And then so he was introduced into that world. And so now he is a he is behind the camera. And my friend that I went that I grew up with, he filmed that movie crank. Crank. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> and that, that original Mortal Kombat has some historical uh, significance, too, because I believe it was, like, the last movie in, like, decades that used an actual animatronic um, full character, not, like, a half-half off. But the, what was his name, Goro or Gore? The dude yeah, with, was, like, the four arms? That was Goro, yeah. Goro, yeah. I think I think that, that there was something specific about the type of anim, um, animatronic that they used to make that character that no one ever uh, tried it again because it's just so damn uh, expensive and labor intensive and everyone ended up going like CGI instead. It's such a B film too. Like it's such a poorly made movie. Very expensively poorly made movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a horrible, but I still love that movie because it was my favorite video game growing up. When I saw that you could like, literally fucking pull somebody's head out of their fucking body and their spine is hanging. I'm like, yes, I'm playing this every single day. So I would fucking go to this golf course and I would every, every morning in the summer when I was a kid, I would go to this golf course and I would jump in the pond and I would fucking go underwater and grab as many golf balls as I could. And then I would go to the front of the pro shop and I would sell my golf balls for 25 cents and I would get enough money to go to round table and play Mortal Kombat, get some breadsticks and chill out for the day. And dude, that was back to when you could run game on those arcade games. So if you knew how to play Mortal Kombat, you would put one quarter in. And then if you had other people, like I remember there was some arcades around where I grew up and there would be a line of kids with like their quarters lined up and the the screen had like little notches. So like people would put their quarter in the notch. And then if one dude was just running game on everyone, they would put one quarter in and play you know 20 times in a row and just keep knocking all these kids yes, out i was you would get person. like a free replay yeah <laughs> i was that person but there was another guy that lived in the, in my town who was also fucking really good mm-hmm. and he always wore a leather jacket it didn't matter if it was a hundred and fucking five degrees outside he wore a black leather jacket and he had long hair and a ponytail and he always used scorpion and he had this fucking tactic <laughs> yeah. where he would fucking if he got a hit on you whatsoever he would you're done 
All it took was one hit because he would fucking hit you with the spear and then and then he would fucking jump kick you. And then when you tried to get up, he would slide kick or no, that was sub zero. He would fucking hit you with the spear again and just keep jump kicking you, hit you with the spear, jump kick you, hit hit you with the spear. And you're fucked, dude. It was fucked. But I also was able to do that exact move with Scorpion. (laughs) And I was able to do that with every other character so i go to tahoe my parents are like we're gonna go to tahoe blah 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 we're getting a hotel room and i'm like yes dude this is my big fucking moment like i'm gonna go to the biggest fucking gaming room there is and i'm gonna play (laughs) badass motherfuckers that are around your parents are like have planned out like museums and we're gonna go and see nature you're like i'm gonna go and rock mortal Kombat for four hours no dude my parents were going to the comedy show and they were gambling okay 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 okay, even better that's even better (laughs) so i there's like an underground uh in tahoe there's an underground um Uh, arcade and it's between all of the casinos and it's underneath the main strip and it's directly underneath the fucking street and so parents will go there even to this day they'll be like all right there's the arcade and then they (laughs) send them off to the mines (laughs) right and they had like fucking three mortal Kombat fucking machines in that motherfucker and i went in there thinking i was the baddest motherfucker there was from my little town and I got in there and I got fucking worked for over $25 in less than a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, was a lot of money back then, dude. It was fun as fuck, man. I wish, I wish that back in the day when like Sega Genesis and, and Super Nintendo were a thing, we had online gaming because I guarantee you I would have been fucking people you know sega did have one right sega had a game that you would connect to your genesis and connect that to your phone line and you could play a two-player game you could play mortal Kombat with someone across the country but it was just like totally a mandela effect and i've heard people bring this up and that is not from my time realm i do not remember that i had sega i had sega genesis it 100 percent existed it's just that they never they never were able to produce enough of them and they never able to spend any of the marketing there was like one or two advertisements for it in the back of like a nintendo power but also i remember in uh orlando epcot center the same place that had like this um this journey through the the body or whatever it was like a a ride that you would turn into like a blood cell and when you would get out there was all these like science experiments and there was this full year when sega took over it and they had like f1 virtual racing little carts on there but they also had like 10 different stations set up with those sega uh, genesis consoles that had the little internet connectivity thing and you could actually like play it for yourself online with other people so i I mean i I saw it for myself but again like maybe i can't trust uh my own senses but but for sure that that was legitimately real in your timeline (laughs) that's true Uh, maybe because I lived in the mountains, like that wasn't offered where I lived. I don't know, but I had Sega. I had Sega Saturn. I had all of it. And I Dude, don't I love Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn was the shit. Yeah, it dude, Sega Saturn was the shit. Well, I you think- had a black cube in your house named after Saturn. What the? <laughs> no, I actually my all time favorite is Sega Genesis because when. Mortal Kombat came out, and this is why I like Sega more than Nintendo, is because when Mortal Kombat came out, 
it was bloody as fuck. And when you played it on Super Nintendo, you had to put in a code in order to get the blood. So they were already, they were already fucking gatekeeping people from fucking the legit shit from back then. It was was sweat on, on Super Nintendo. It was sweat. And then on Genesis, you could put in the blood code and that would unlock fatalities. No, 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 no. You can unlock fatality. Oh, wait. But there was it would be different versions though. There were there would be a version like where where Kano would like rip a rock out of your heart, but like he wouldn't hold it up and it wouldn't be pumping and dripping blood. It would play the animation, but everything would be like grayed out. It was it was silly. That's right, yeah. But I but Genesis was bloody and Super Nintendo was not. But I think that you could put a code in Super Nintendo. Was it A B A C A B B B? So, so you could put the code into Genesis to enable blood mode, and I don't think you could put that code in for Super Nintendo. It, it unlocks something, but I don't think it ever unlocked blood. Because I remember me and my neighbor both had Mortal Kombat, and I remember calling him, you know, like, that he was like a weak person, and he was like lesser than me because I could play Mortal Kombat with blood, and he yes. could only play it with sweat, you know what you're I mean? You're right, you're right. And that was because it was uh, uh, Genesis will do what Nintendo don't, and that was like their big thing is that they would show boobies and blood, and Nintendo wouldn't at that point. Yes, definitely. That's right. That's right. Uh, because you like go back as far as like Leisure Suit Larry, that was kind of a thing too. Do you guys remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. So, what, what games do you play now? Or do you? Oh, not really, man. I wish. I wish I had as much time. The last game that I got into that I was playing for a minute, uh, two games that I got into. I still love Nintendo, dude. Uh, the last one that I was getting into was Breath of the Wild. That was a lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, that one was pretty nostalgic, and it was it was a lot of fun, dude. Because uh, it was like the first like it was like the first fucking Zelda game that was like you could walk around. It was almost like uh, it, what the fuck is that? fucking show or what's that what's that game uh grand theft auto it's almost like grand theft auto except that, like i could just go around it was like open world i could go pick fights with big monsters and shoot them with an arrow and stuff that was a lot of fun and then for just for the fuck of it i went back and i was playing on uh oh man nintendo which one which nintendo was that in the gamecube yeah I, w- I went back and was playing on the gamecube and i and i was playing uh luigi's mansion 3 Dude, that's a fucking fun game. So check this out, guys. I recently plugged in um, my Nintendo 64 that I've had forever. And I got like Zelda. I got Mario Kart. I got all of Donkey the Kong original- Country. Dude, I have that as well. Uh, it's funny, too, because I showed Big Country. Banjo and Kazooie. I sent Big Country a little video in, uh, of the controllers and the and the console and the games that I have. And he was like, bro, you have well over $1,000 right there. And I was like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, well, that's cool. But I'm, got not the too. I'm not selling it. Yeah. I'm fucking playing the shit out of these games. What I really want is I really want to get an original Nintendo so that I could play Bike, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and... Maybe those are the two games that I really fucking give a shit about. Did you uh, guys- I'm an I'm an anti purist when it comes to this. Like I'll, I would rather play emulators all day long, and there's so many options. You could just have that in your pocket on like a USB drive, and it's like better. It works more consistently. You can save it at any point. Uh, like like I'm definitely the opposite of a purist when it comes to that. Man, I hate having to blow so in the freaking cartridges and everything. 
Yeah, I, I see your point, but I also am not hip on on I'm not hip to the game on all these fucking free download shits, too. So, like, if I can get all these games on my phone or on a fucking flash drive, please send me the links. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, dude, I've got uh, what have I got here. I haven't broken it out in the longest time, but it's just it's a wireless little arcade what, dude, pad. Look at that motherfucker, dude, that is so badass. And- and this thing can connect uh, wirelessly to like any system, but on the on a computer, right? I've got like every version of Final Fight and every like you know English and Japanese and every version of like all the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's. Bro, uh, so- I want all the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's. I miss those original games so much. <laughs> like even remember, on- remember Primal uh, Rage, where like it had the dinosaurs dude, yes, and Primal the- Rage. <sighs> There was uh, Eternal Champions for Sega that didn't get a huge following, but it was a, an amazing that was a game. Great game too, dude. That, that was, was where the game. levels had the fatality, not the characters. So depending on what level you were playing, and there was so many. There was one called Time Killers that never made it to a lot of consoles, but it was an arcade game. And there was five buttons. There was like a head button and two arm buttons and two leg buttons. And you could like, there was a guy with a chainsaw and you could just saw off someone's arm and now they yes. couldn't use that arm button anymore. Oh shit, I remember that. You remember dude, that? did you yeah. play Killer Instinct? <laughs> yeah, I love Killer good Instinct. One. Yeah, dude. That was one of my favorite fucking games. Dude, that, that game that was, was on the so N64 fucking underrated. Too, right? I wish they would bring that back. Killer Instinct was the shit. There was a yeah, remake was. of that, but it, it might have been like a decade ago. So off off topic, uh, well not off topic. We're talking about video games. What do you guys think about fucking um, our reality? Did do you think that we talk about this all the goddamn time? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know what the fuck we're in. I, Catalyst Jones, you're a flat earther, correct? I am. I believe that we live in a flat Earth. From what I can can see, I live. I believe we live in a flat realm uh, that has – fuck, how do I describe this? Okay, check this out. This is the best way I can describe this. I did a show that was flat earth versus hollow earth versus um, simulation theory. I believe all of them exist at the same time. That's fair yeah. enough. I do not believe we live on a globe. Do you, not believe, in, do you believe in infinite land? Uh, I mean, I don't not believe in it. I'm open to the idea because I don't know. So we're I'm not trying to get it. somebody on that. Yeah. Thomas can, <laughs> can have that I just want to with. explore the con. I want to find someone that's like, I believe in infinite land and here's why. And here's all the proof for it. Like I'm, wa- well, I'm waiting to find that person. John Hibbler just kind of hinted that hinted at that in his had Sean on. He didn't want we've had him on although yeah. sean sean's <laughs> argument was that if you don't believe in flat earth he'll punch you in the face so the the conversation on infinite land didn't go quite as deep as it could have <laughs> and then we had david vice on to talk about it too we i was excited about that but yeah he he has like a, a really impressive sort of presentation so like that that question doesn't fit directly into some of those presentations and i was having so much of a good time with all the stuff that he was getting into that it felt it felt like it would have been like a silly thing to poke at i really want to find someone that's like that's my jam let me get into that jam because i'm not looking for a debate i'm looking to understand and just talk about cool fucking shit yeah well there is this indian guy who is all about that particular subject which is really uh i will look him up up. i will get him for you guys actually he's friends with sean hibbler he was in 
He I don't not, doubt that. <laughs> he was not in the new one, but he's been on his podcast before. Um, when he had triple threat, it was uh, it was David Weiss, um, ODD TV, and uh, Sean Hibbler. It was a podcast. It didn't last long. I don't know what the fuck happened to ODD TV, man. I've been reaching out to that guy. He was a huge role in my flat earth journey. And I reached out to him and never heard anything. Like maybe he was too good for me, whatever. That's cool, whatever. But then like, I feel like my show has grown bigger than anything that he's ever done. And I'm trying to reach out to him and the guy will not talk to me. But every time I've brought him up to Sean or to David Weiss, they're kind of like, and they're like, oh yeah. And then they like change the subject immediately. So like, I'm wondering if he just like fell off or something. I've never even heard of him. I don't know. (laughs) ODD TV was like the greatest fucking red pill YouTube channel. There was Hmm. back before YouTube started to get, uh, started to get fucking shadow banned and fucking their algorithms took over on what you would look at. And, um, he's what year was this when you, when you said like, it was one of the first to like red pill you, what year was that? Um, let's see. It was about 2014 was when I started looking into flat earth. Did you believe in any conspiracy theories prior to 2014? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Like before, um, when Obama was running from for president is when I started to, uh, open my eyes to conspiracies. What about when nine 11 initially happened? Were you on board with any of those initial conspiracies or no? No, not at all. I was totally fucking sheeple minded when nine 11 happened. I lived in LA and, um, my roommate's mom, I lived in a rich neighborhood in Agora Hills. And, um, I had like this loft area that was all by myself and I heard all kinds of yelling going on downstairs and I like fucking opened the door and she's like, Brad, are you awake? We're under attack. And I was like, (laughs) we're under attack. What the fuck are you talking about? And like, I run downstairs and I see what everybody else sees, you know, the buildings on fire. And then I eventually see them collapse and everything. And dude, I felt nothing but patriotism. So I was totally fucking sheeple minded. They got me too, dude. I remember like a year after that, people were having like an anti-war rally and somebody had an Iraqi flag and I jumped out and started cussing him out and like pushed him. I was like going to go <laughs> fight him. And stuff. Not my America. Yeah. Love it or leave it. <laughs> right. It's so crazy too, right? To think that things that we were so passionate about, we were totally misled on. And you know what I think the biggest thing in schools that needs to be taught that's not taught and it's not taught for a fucking reason is critical thinking. Yeah. I think critical thinking should be a class in every single grade. I think we're beyond that at this point, though. I think that kids wouldn't want to do critical thinking because their parents would say it's a stupid thing. So unless you're homeschooling your kids, the trivium and the, the seven, you know, classic liberal arts. I really don't think that most it's, it's almost incompatible with the type of media and the type of everything else that they'd have to fit into. Like after you have critical thinking, what do you do? Go to college. And then you're not allowed to apply that critical thinking. If you really want to get that degree to get into your, you know, your, your technicalities brainwashed right now. Like they, they just did a fucking, uh, I just saw the, the updated fucking statistic on this out of high schooler kids right now. 
one in four is some form of tranny. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like math results or something. No, no, no. This is crazy. No, but... This is crazy. And I want to touch on this actually, because uh, this kind of hits close to home. So I'm, I'm totally against this trans movement that they got going because I think it's grooming towards kids. And I think that they're totally targeting our kids that uh, otherwise would grow out of the tomboy phase or just be a tomboy for the rest of them like their life um but um so my daughter her aunt so my ex-wife's sister uh has friends and they have two kids and both of them are going to go through fucking surgery and they live in the Bay Area in California, and they're both going to go through surgery. And see, she sees the things that I fucking post, and she's like, I cannot believe that you're such a fucking hater, bigot, fucking blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, you should listen to some of my podcasts where I've had fucking people that have transitioned and fucking regret it because their, their, their health is fucked. And they're nothing but uh, they're nothing but uh, um, in debt to the pharmaceutical company for the rest of their fucking life, right? When, One of the I, most... just, oh, ahead, I, gonna, ahead, I wanted to just sprinkle this on is that the the images that they tend to also portray it always falls into the commercialized version of everything. They all use like expensive makeup and you know use name brand products, and it, it seems to tend to go that angle and it's just like it just feeds the beast in so many different sort of um you know different ways it's almost like when they first started doing plastic surgery it just opened up an entire industry people were buying yachts all of a sudden so it's it feels like an extension of this yeah it definitely is a money-making scheme but at the same time if you look at what maoism is have you guys heard of maoism yes so it's basically right on board with maoism where you get people to uh hate their parents because their parents don't understand what they're doing mm-hmm. and then you get them to fight with their parents and then in in sense you're able to take over an entire country and their culture because you just separated parents from uh children and that's what maoism is Co- uh, common core is a good example of that one too because when common core came out i remember because my my, um, I, my mom was a teacher and like had always taught my entire life and just only recently retired. So whatever was going on in the teaching world, it was like what we were talking about. And I knew about it. You know, I had like my thumb on the pulse, even if I didn't need to. But I remember when Common Core came out and immediately it was like, oh, what you're trying to do, not what my mom said. She didn't agree with this. But it was like now when this kid brings their homework home and they say, hey, mom or dad, help me with this problem. But then, like, you're not allowed to help them because you don't think and do the math the same way that Common Core needs to do the math. You that is a completely exactly different what logic. Is this. Yes, that and is- and what it does is now it's like, no, mommy, you're wrong. And it's like, what do you mean I'm wrong? Ten minus you know five, or you know, like nineteen minus ten. Yeah, it's nine. But it's like, yeah, but you didn't do it this way, and therefore that's wrong. And it undermines the authority. And not only does it undermine the authority in the eyes of the kid, but it's also like, well, my teacher's right because. She works for the school, and the school is the state. The state has more power than you, mommy. So therefore, like, and instilling and that, that exactly, dynamic—that's that the real ex- education. And that is exactly what they're doing with gender right now, right? That is exactly what they're doing because they're like, "Oh, you don't want your parents to know about this. That's okay. 
we'll do this for you. You can talk through to school, us. right? You'll go to your teacher and the teacher yeah. will like facilitate the whole thing. Yes, it's fucking crazy. And shit, I was going to write this down. Uh, oh, this is what I was going to say, though, is tying back into this. And in, in my um, I call her my cousin and, and she's going to be my cousin my whole life. I love her to death, even though she's a fucking liberal fucking retard. But she's like, so you're telling me that my friends have two children that feel that there should be a different gender and that that is they're just fucking fucked in their head. And I was like, no, actually, their parents are fucked in their head and their ideologies is telling their kids that they don't accept their kids for who the fuck they are. So they want to change what they are. So you need to fucking pick better friends. Dude, it's deeper <laughs> than that, too, though, because it's one of these things. that's so fucked. They've been attacking us in so many different fucking ways from every single angle. But like you can go back to like the types of shit that they put in our food like through like soy ingredients, through hormones that they're putting into us, through things like women, uh, the birth control. And so all of that fucking estrogen that's in the water yes. that, we're, that we're taking, all the phenol like weird shit that you get from chemicals from plastic that mirror estrogen in the body. It, it's just like really fucking with humans as in general and making us like more kind of fucking queer. And then they attack us. It's the water that's making me gay. <laughs> it's no, not my fault. Right, it's the water. He's dude. right, though. He's right. It's not just the water. It's the foods that we're eating. It's the fucking forced injections that we're giving to our kids. We When we think that we're doing the right thing, but we're really fucking with their hormones. And then the. Uh, but then we the have the propaganda is- via Disney. That's you, Thomas. Where, where we're having like <laughs> two girls kissing Dude, on milita- there. I was in the military. Yeah. I work for Disney. I'm a Freemason. Like, what do you want from me, bro? I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> like the worst controlled opposition ever. You're a Freemason too? Yeah. That's, that's, that's funny. I, I used to date a Job's daughter and her dad was uh, kind of a high up in the lodge. And he would try to get me to come all the time. And I was like, nope, I'm not going. Nope, not going. <laughs> and he was like, well, if you ask me if you can marry my daughter, I'm going to tell you no. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to marry your daughter then. I'm just going to come with her then. I'm just going to fuck the shit out of her every time she invites me over, so whatever. I'm going to make her call me worshipful master. So... Yeah, so, I mean, dude, it's a multi-pronged fucking attack. So through the propaganda, through all of this kind of shit, then, so it is, dude, and then it's, like, depression that they're, like, they just have fucked in our entire world. And then they tell the kids, it's something wrong with you. You're the problem. Not this entire goddamn world that's fucked. Are you depressed? Is it because we made you fucking stay home for two years and wear a fucking mask? And you couldn't interact with people. No, it's it's you. It's your body. That's why well, you feel this way. Well, and and at first it was the ADHD, and it was to the parents. It was like, oh, your kids are uh, problematic. They can't sit still in this desk for eight hours while we just have them do rote memorization about topics that they're not interested in, and we don't instill any passion. And we just almost feel like these you know, like rule givers and punishers and why aren't they engaged? It must be their problem here. Take these pills. They'll be engaged. Yo, I actually, that's 100% because my teachers couldn't handle me because I couldn't sit still. I could not sit still in class. And so they told my mom that I had ADHD and my mom, uh, she's like all on board with fucking 
medicine. And so she was giving me Ritalin and I, I took it for, I don't know how long I took it. Not very long. I started pretending that I was taking it and I stopped taking it. I just started snorting it and I started selling it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I did not like the way that I did not feel like myself. I did not well, feel like myself. One so time I, I was trying to have sex with my buddy's sister and I had snorted so much fucking Ritalin that I couldn't get my dick to work. And I <laughs> and I was like, I broke my dick. And I was like, <laughs> I was like furiously attempting to masturbate and my dick wouldn't work. And I thought I broke it. If, Dude. Oh man, that must have been so embarrassing. But I I've, never had, I've had similar moments too on ecstasy because on ecstasy you feel like everything is so fucking amazing and touching and rubbing on one another and everything. And then all of a sudden you're like, yo, buddy, wake the fuck up. Like we're <laughs> full bore here right now. Like what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> That's because your body's busy. It's like, don't worry, like. Point. Well, you your body's like my elbows orgasming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this carpet feels so fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. So then, yeah, these fucking kids are... It, to me, it, it's all just depopulation agenda. We're just... It's just forced sterilization on kids. So, like, if you didn't get the fucking jab, now they're going to try to attack your kids. Try to convince them to fucking circumcise themselves or castrate themselves. And we're creating a whole of a, new thing of Unix, and I think it's more what? transhumanist. I think it. This is this is the initial topic that gets people open to transhumanism because the next step is going to be microchips. Like, if I can modify, like, what if I identify as you know a, a hybrid cyborg or something? Um, and that might actually be real. I mean, that's that's a little bit facetious, but I mean that that'll be an actual class of people. Uh, and just like Mr. Beast was kind of making this this point of that if you go up for a job and all the other candidates have a microchip and they can do, they can access the internet instantly and they don't have to use a computer and you don't have it. Then all of a sudden there's like this peer pressure of like, I need to do this thing in order to remain competitive with my peers. Dude, and, and this is one of the, right. divert, that's the entry You're point. Right, bro. You're right. Holy shit. That is going to be an issue. I'm having this issue right now with fucking AI because I'm a graphic designer and all these people are using fucking AI yeah, sorry. <laughs> to fucking design their logos and shit. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, dude, fuck you. Like, <laughs> Well, not just that, dude. Right right now, you can uh, – so if you ever had a rotoscope something before or do like what they call the Ken Burns effect where you take like an image and you cut out different people and then you kind of like clone in backgrounds so that you can pull them out and do camera movement. Now you can just put an image into AI and be like, make me a Ken Burns photo. And it'll do all of that for you automatically in like 10 seconds. Cuts all yeah, the dude, images I went out. To school and for that, man. I've been doing that for fucking 25 plus years. So fuck all you guys, man. I'm a human <laughs> that can do that shit. <laughs> it don't take me 10 seconds, but it will take me a, a, a 10 minutes plus. You got to pay me a lot of money. And you got to pay me a lot of money. It's not going to be. And I'm going to bitch about it if you have me do it three times and then you change your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that is that is the plus I feel that I have is with AI. You can't be like, hey, I like this, but I don't like that. I... You, you can't. But what you can do is say, make me a thousand of these and I'll just pick the one that I like the best out of the thousand. God and no one's going to be able to come up to you and say this. That. Stop telling anyone this. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, so I'm the, I'm the enemy, dude. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
<laughs> I've also, yeah, I guess uh, strike four is that I've fully embraced AI already. And I'm like training models and I'm like generating animations and shit. No, I'm, I'm fucking with it, man. Because like I said, I was just on the cosmic peach doing the cartoon episode. And so I wrote down, I wrote down notes as I was watching the shit and then I told chat GPT to give me notes about all the conspiracies on the three movies that I watched. And I mm -hmm. compared the notes and they came up with shit that I didn't come up with, but I came up with hella shit that they didn't come up with. Well, you got to make sure the shit that they came up with is real it's too, because it'll yeah. just lie the fuck to you, dude. Oh, for sure, dude. But it, it, no, but it, actually what it did is it just told me like the most basic shit. And at the very beginning and the very end of it, it was like, all conspiracy theories are not based on fact and you know all yeah all conspiracy theories you know like all of them like we never went to the moon that's based and, on and there you go too man here's here's now ai asserting its superiority so now this kid goes to chat gpt and it tells it something different than what your parents tell it and what the teacher told it and it just it instills this new breaking because I, I really do shit, think you're right well, like, so generations right. go by and, and kids trust their parents. So then they're like, well, we have to break that up. We have to make kids trust the teachers. So then that goes on long enough. But now it's like, well, if your parents trusted their teachers, then you can't have kids that also trust teachers. That's too much continuity. So now we need to, like, stir that up and pay teachers less and break up the school system and have AI take over that rule of authority. And then it's just going to, like, keep the you know devolving. i'm fine with the school system burning dude to well me too out. no i am well, too not under but not under fucking chat gpt not because of that because I care your own kids, in the dude. first 10 minutes i'm like okay a lot of people that i listen to they're fucking with chat gpt and they're finding out some cool shit so i'm gonna fuck with it and the first question i asked it was is the COVID-19 vaccine safe and effective? And it said, yes. So fuck you. <laughs> well, here, so, from so here let, me just, let me just make a strong point here with like everyone always talking about AI. Most of the time they're talking about chat GPT or they're talking about like mid journey. But when someone says chat GPT, imagine it's like if someone had never had a hamburger before and you were trying to explain to them what a hamburger was and they're like, oh yeah, McDonald's. You're like, no dude, you don't, you don't get it. There's like, so many different types you can put really quality ingredients together and cook at a perfect temperature and get the right crust and like dress it up right and that's still a hamburger and it's not mcdonald's but what 99.9 percent .9 of people see as ai is they get it from chat gpt and chat gpt is the mcdonald's of ai it's like okay single okay. serving easy to use but you can go and like you can go down to the butcher and get your own cut of beef which is called an llm a large language model and you can train it yourself just like raising your own produce and then you can feed it your own prompts and get very specific details out of it that has none of those uh sort of oh, like safety barriers put up that's crazy so we are all capable of owning and training our own ai for the time being uh, one of my big conspiracy theories is that in the very near future you're not going to be legally allowed to run your own ai generation you're going to have to rent it through some kind of service that will guarantee you're not going to generate extremist or radical material. That's because coming. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely dude. coming. Yeah, that's definitely coming. So send me the link where I can do some rogue shit right now while I can still do it. Okay. <laughs> but, man, I don't know how much longer you guys have, but, like, I fucking have loved talking to you guys, and I would love it if you guys would come onto my show. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Um, 
is there any topic that you guys are very fucking well informed about that I might not be? You go, Nate. We both are like masters of our own realms here, so I don't want to talk I mean, for Nate. My big dumb shit is like I'm all about like fucking anarchist politics, uh, libertarianism. Uh, if you want to talk about Bigfoot or interdimensional creatures, that's that's my fucking forte too. Uh, but like I'm a I fucking dig into whatever. And Thomas, dude, Thomas is like the motherfucker. If you want to know about adrenochrome, if you want to talk about some esoteric shit, like. Yeah, uh, Freemasonry, Secret Societies, Adrenochrome. I, th- I honestly think I'm like one of the foremost non-medical experts in Adrenochrome just because I've dug up more material than anyone. And then I've also writ- literally written multiple books on MK Ultra, including my little yeah. paranoid pamphlet that's yes, all about right. Paperclip okay, and so Bluebird. Actually, and Dude, I need to get a copy of that. How do I find that? Uh, paranoidamerican.com and you can even go to mkultracomic.com and it'll bring you right to the page with little previews and everything fuck yeah dude and you were just on um kill the mockingbirds and you broke yeah. down drain of chrome and that was fucking fire as fuck dude i've i've got so much content we we went over like the intro to one chapter's worth of material out of all of that it is such a deep complex topic yeah Dude, that was fucking fire. I would love to get you both on together. And then I would love to get you both on separately because, I mean, I feel like you guys both have amazing shit to offer. So Let's do um, it, dude. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And yeah, brother. Well, you're on our show, so why don't you tell our audience? Uh, let, yes, throw some plugs, man. Tell our audience yeah, the man, best you place guys, to find you. If you want to watch my videos, the best, the only place to find my videos is on Rockfin. And um, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to it on Apple and you can listen to it on iHeartRadio. I was kicked off of Spotify. I've been kicked off of YouTube multiple times. And fuck. How do you get kicked off of Spotify? And fuck They haven't Rumble. kicked us off yet. Man. Okay. So it's funny. Rumble because, too. Wow. Uh, so you were just on Sean Chris's show and he used to be the co-host of White Rabbit. And when he was the co-host, we were doing a show with Noel Rodriguez. And I and it popped up on my screen that I got a notification from fucking Spotify. And so I clicked on it and it was like, uh, we have taken you've you've uh, blah, 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 our privacy, whatever codes, not privacy, but whatever their codes are and we took your podcast down and that fucking hurt man because that was half of my listeners back then i mean i've like quadrupled since then but what was the uh, reason did they did they cite a specific thing that you said they said music violation which mm-hmm. is i don't understand mm-hmm. how that is a possibility because every fucking podcast has music that they don't have rights to right <laughs> so i mean I think it's one of those discretionary things where it's like, yeah, everyone does it, but they allow it so that everyone gets comfortable so that then when they want to pull something down, they're like, ah, technically we got you doing this and we don't have to prosecute everyone under the same rules. We just ended up picking you. It's like when you get pulled over by a cop and you're like, dude, that guy's going like a hundred. You know what I mean? And the cop's like, yeah, I'll get him next time. Don't worry about it. 
No, that is exactly what it was. It was the one thing that they could pin me on. And the reason that they actually did it was because at the time I was a co-host of We The People Radio. And we were we had on politicians all the time. And or, well, not we like I just joined it. So like I don't want to make it like I was a huge part of it. But um, it was already in the spotlight and it was already fucking getting shadow banned the fuck. And they didn't want this radio show podcast to come out and so as soon as they announced me as a co-host they fucking started hitting my fucking shit hard lame dude i've said some wild shit on here real wild shit and uh what just wait until you get big and then they're gonna have all the ammo they need my friend yeah countless hours of awful (laughs) debaucherous terrible things but yeah i don't make a lot of money off this so chances are you will find me at the grocery store bagging your groceries but other than that (laughs) man go check out my fucking content because i put a lot of effort into it and i have fun with it and i love meeting new motherfuckers like you guys that are just cool as fuck so it was a blessing and thank you for inviting me on your show yeah likewise man Let's, let's collaborate on some stuff fuck yeah dude Thomas, what are you throwing today? Uh, I plugged the MK Ultra. I want to keep plugging the uh, the chosen one. And if you go to paranoidamerican.com, at the very top, there's just a link that says, you know, click here for chosen one issue two. It'll give the Kickstarter. And as soon as we've got a hundred people sign up for the Kickstarter, we'll actually launch issue two. It doesn't cost anything at all. If you just go to Kickstarter and sign up, you'll have to just put your email in and then say like notify me when this launches. You don't even have to like pledge to buy anything. We're just trying to get enough traction so that, you know, when we launch it, it doesn't look like a, a stupid little fizzle garage operation. So this you're is you're the guy one. that does the fucking you're That's the me, guy yeah. that does these? Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So this is the guy that does the fucking uh what what do you call these? Uh, well, I mean, my conspiracy comics. I've got like over fifty titles now. I got conspiracy time samplers. Secret, okay, so uh, you have the comic books, and I've been hearing about this shit all the time. Thomas and I'm is like, the man, dude. Fuck, dude. How does Catalyst Jones become a character in one of these comics? That's that. I'm. Um, that's my goal, man. I want to be the guy that people know of when it comes to like the conspiracy realm. If you want a comic or like some crazy music video or something yeah so i'm I'm awesome i'm honored and i'm humbled that uh that i guess part of my reputation precedes me sometimes fuck yes dude i'm gonna send you i already have a white rabbit fucking comic book character i took the punisher and i fucking morphed him into this badass fucking rabbit and let's go dude let's go i mean this is what i do man fuck yes so yeah check out paranoidamerican.com and maybe you can see some cool shit that i'm working on with catalyst jones uh with some white rabbit uh comics fuck yeah you heard it here you god damn it you heard it here first folks all right everybody have a good night thank you catalyst jones fuck yeah guys see you guys